And I just rebooted my computer, so God willing, we won't have the issues we had before. Oh, and you had a bunch of issues on ATP as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, but it was the same sort of thing, but it was way at the end when we were pretty much done with recording. And also, way higher stakes, though. Yes, um, but it was, like I said, it was way at the end. So it was a fun after show, the two of them complaining. I was really surprised at how calm and collected Marco was. Yeah. Well, uh, because in that yes situation, no. I would have been freaking out because I would have worried you would have lost everything. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that, that's fair. But uh, he knows, because uh, I did lose everything that one time, I now have in reinstituted Call Recorder, which I think I hadn't only because I had just reinstalled everything on my iMac. But I would still be freaking out until you got back on the call and confirmed to me that you had everything in place. Right? Even though I know that it would be fine, right? Like if no, you were using yeah. MP3 and Audio Hijack and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there are still millions of issues that can occur. Agreed, like, agreed. Like losing chunks out of the audio files. and yeah. Your computer's like super messed up. We're currently building the Casey Cinematic Universe right now by like <laughs> having this conversation across multiple shows. Right. But, I think uh, I think an iMac Pro is happening sooner than I wanted it to. I don't know. I don't want to pull the trigger right now, but somebody pointed out to me, actually, I think one of the individuals you and I were talking about privately earlier, uh, somebody pointed out to me that Intel's roadmap doesn't indicate any change in processors. I think you should just do what I did. Like, because look, the iMac Pro is so much more powerful than what you currently have that you'll be getting an upgrade even if three months later they upgraded it. Yeah, no, you're right. I totally hear you. But. And you're not, like, you're only replacing for, like, your computer, there's nothing wrong with your computer in theory. In theory. It's in just in practice, maybe. it's doing stuff. So it's like exactly. a case of, like, your computer is cursed now. Yeah. Um, which, again, in most situations, for most people, would not be a problem. But it's a problem because of what you do. Yep. That, like, if something happens to your computer whilst you are, quote, unquote, doing your work on it, it can mean that the work isn't completed and or you cause significant issues for coworkers, which isn't always the same. Like if you're using a computer to do email and spreadsheets and stuff, like all that stuff is just saved and like wouldn't be destructed by a mm-hmm. computer failure, but mm-hmm. audio files can be, right? right? Like we've all seen it. So, you know, whilst most people would maybe just get the computer service like you have done, and if it continues, just like stomach it or whatever, um, you can't be in that situation. Like I had this whole thing with my Mac Pro, my trash can Mac Pro, right? Like I, oh, the computer yeah, I was amazing, except yeah, yeah, for yeah. the fact that every now and then it would completely lock up, and no matter what I did, I would lose the audio files or lose chunks of the audio files. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. Right. So you're in that situation. So I think you you need to replace your cursed computer. Yeah, you're right. You should probably just buy the new laptop and just like. Well, uh, so here's the thing. I. A large part of me, and now we're going deep into ATP territory, but a large part of me has wondered... Good, I want this content. Rather than getting a new iMac, which I, I mean, the, the instability of it aside, like just as a fixture on my desk, I do love having this iMac. And I do love having a computer that lives permanently on my desk, that never gets moved, that's always on. I like that. You, you listener may not like that. I do. And so... That means on the surface, I should absolutely get like a new iMac or a new iMac Pro. But I also have a, an aging MacBook that I do ever increasing amounts of actual productive work on. And I would really like to replace that as well. Now, I do not particularly wish to have a 15 slash 16 inch MacBook. I've done, I'd done that for what, eight years. It was great at the time, but my needs have changed and I don't need to optimize for maximum productivity on the road in the same way I used to need to. Don't you use your iPad for most of that type of work now? Like when you're moving around? No, because a lot of times I'm doing like coding, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm working on vignette or I'm working on something else. But where? Uh, At a library, at a grocery store. Right. But that doesn't, I mean, for those reasons, you drive into those places, the size and weight of the laptop is not a problem. Oh yes. I'm sorry. I didn't see where you were going with this. Yes. I Mm -hmm. absolutely could stomach a 15. I just don't, or 16. I just don't 
want to. I like the size of my MacBook. Like, yes, it has a tiny little screen, but all, all told, I like how light it is. I like how small it is. In my fantasy world where money is no object and everything is exactly what I want, I would get a brand new 14-inch MacBook Pro, which obviously does not exist in reality. And I would get either a new iMac or a new iMac Pro. And granted, that's cost, that costs an insane amount of money. And one of those computers simply does not exist. So in reality, I've been wrestling with, should I get a 16-inch MacBook Pro and use that as, a, as my one and only computer, you know, get maybe like a LG monitor to stick on the side of it or what have you, um, and, and not have a desktop at home anymore. Now, the only problem I have with that then is what happens to Plex, because everything else is served by my Synology and all of the Plex files, like all my media is on my Synology, but I still need a Plex server. And so then that makes me wonder if I go this laptop route, well, will I need to get like some sort of Raspberry Pi or Mac Mini or something like that in order to serve Plex for the house? You could probably get a pretty low line, low end Mac Mini to do all of that for you. Like I could. the baseline could do it. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely could. But then I'm buying two computers and eh, I don't know. And I don't have a monitor hanging out that I can use for it. Um, That's could, true. So, so the I base mean, Mac Mini is like $800. Which is eight hundred dollars is a lot of money to spend on Plex. When in reality, I should be able to just put together like a Raspberry Pi or something like that. That'll do it. We'll do it on the Raspberry Pi then, like funsies. Yeah, but then, but then, well, see, that's the thing. It's half funsies and half. Oh my god, I really need to figure this out because my world revolves <laughs> revolves around Plex. Right. Well, then get get the if it's that important, then buy a Mac Mini for it. Or alternatively, get the Raspberry Pi immediately before I do anything and figure out what the story is. Because the good news about the Raspberry Pi is. Uh, from what little I know, even the expensive versions are like well under a hundred dollars, and so mm-hmm. in theory, I could get that squared away in advance. You know what I mean, and then figure it out. And if it works, and you can make it work, well, that's just like another tool in your toolkit, right? That you have yeah. worked out how to make that work. Like that's yeah. just like a fun little thing project that you do. You're convincing me to get a Raspberry Pi, which is not where I saw this conversation going. <laughs> I genuinely, yeah, I, I genuinely think the, that a uh, laptop makes the most sense for you. So you would, if you were knowing what you know, and, mm-hmm. and and you were in my shoes, you would issue the iMac of any flavor, and you would s- simply get a 16-inch and call it a day. Yeah, because you want to change your laptop, right? You have the Retina MacBook, right? The 12 MacBook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that thing's, that product line is dead. So you can't replace that. So if you want to get a new laptop, which I know that you do, because that thing is slow and sad, right? Um, and has a terrible keyboard, which keeps breaking. So you need to get, no need, you 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 need to do something about your desktop machine. That's Correct. what you need to do because mm-hmm. that is uh, an instability point. But so you have to do something there. You want to change the laptop so you could kill two birds with one stone. And then even then, if, honestly, then if you probably went MacBook Pro, iMac, and Mac Mini at the like the power configurations that you want, it would be cheaper than buying a MacBook Air and an iMac Pro anyway. I probably wouldn't get a MacBook Air. I'd probably get a fantasy 14-inch MacBook Pro, but I do take your point. Right. Well, that would be bonkers then, because then you're buying a MacBook Pro and an iMac Pro. That's way more expensive. And if money is like a part of it, then... Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So And also, that MacBook Pro could be like six months, eight months. But I reckon... I don't think we'll see that until WWDC. Yeah, you're probably right. So, I don't know. I So, so my... Because my... I bet they do a revision... Mm-hmm. Anyway, they'll like revise the 16 inch, maybe if there's something else to put in it yeah. and then introduce the 14 inch. Yeah. So the ATP boys, last I spoke to them, are convincing me to go iMac Pro and I don't know what to do. Well, also, I mean, I think iMac Pro is a great idea if you discount the requirement that you have to have a laptop in your life because you still want the laptop. So yeah. that's why I think MacBook Pro. Yeah. And I, I, leaving aside Plex, like I don't really need a desktop. I like having that humongous monitor, but I can get a humongous monitor for a MacBook Pro. And I like having, you know, the space on the desk. I can make that work with a with laptop as well. Um, so if Plex went away, I think I would be far more enthusiastic about the idea of, of using a, a laptop full time and only a laptop. I mean, don't forget with those two that they are like so against the LG monitor that I'm sure it's like tainting their minds a little bit. <laughs> well, like, I am less against it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, my dad has one. It seems fine. I don't know. I'm actually thinking about getting one of those. Uh, an accessory to the iMac Pro? To the iPad. That's like a whole, uh, I got a whole thing are. I'm working on over are. here, man. Like, I've oh, got like God. a whole thing that I've not yet sorted out. But like, that's the whole thing that I'm working on for next year. Like, completely rearranging this office and 
a, a external monitor for the iPad could be one of the things that I want to put in place. Like it was to be an external monitor that would work with the iPad and my PC. Mm-hmm. So I have just like a cable that I can move between them. Sure. That's something that I'm working on. Like that's a thing that I have bubbling around right now. So that's interesting. as it stands, the LG monitor is probably the only product that can give me that with any, well, I don't know. I, I need to look into like what the iPad can actually drive. Yeah. Because like I might be able to get something which is more gaming-y focused, but the iPad can drive it as long as it's Thunderbolt. But I don't think there are many Thunderbolt monitors made not by LG or whoever Apple's ordained. Everybody else is just making USB-C. But then it's like, can the iPad drive USB-C monitors? Like I don't, I've lost track of all of this. I have also lost track. So we are the blind leading the blind. But I thought the iPad could only drive a USB-C monitor and every other monitor on the planet was a Thunderbolt monitor. It was like the same sort of problem I have with my MacBook where the MacBook is USB-C only, but almost every useful peripheral in the world is Thunderbolt over USB-C. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but I'm not sure I'm right though. It can drive a monitor, but I don't know what it is that it can drive. Yeah, if only you knew somebody who had like 13 uh, of the LG monitors that was local to London that you could perhaps purchase one of them from Th- him. This is a whole thing. I don't even, <laughs> honestly, at this point, I don't think I would even need to purchase. But like, I have mentioned it to him, and he was very excited about the possibility that I might want it. <laughs> All kidding aside, I don't know, though, if the ones that he has are the Thunderbolt over USB-C, and in, in reality, oh, you would perhaps it? need a new version of the same exact thing, you know? I need to refer back to Federico's article about the external monitors. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, we should uh, probably properly start the show (laughs) 10 plus minutes later. All right, Mike, what have you been up to lately? Um... Oh, playing Pokemon. I just want to play Pokemon. Like, I love you, love our audience, but at the moment, I just feel like recording is negative Pokemon time. (laughs) Love the new game so much. So good. It came out last week. I've put about 15 hours into it so far. It's just so good. There's also a Star Wars video game that I want to play called Fallen Order. Looks mm-hmm. really good. But I don't really know what else to say on that. Oh, you know what? I will just say real quickly, like, you don't even need to worry about this, so don't worry about it. But there has been, like, just stupid outrage and backlash about these Pokemon games. Oh, leading okay. up to them. Every video game now uh, has to have a controversy. That's just <laughs> that's just what vid- the video game uh, community at large seems to feel like. Every single video game needs to have a controversy. Mm-hmm. This one had one. It was absolutely stupid in every realm. But uh, what I love about it, like just love about all of this stuff is that these people are just like so hell-bent on the fact that these games should fail and everyone should fail and be sad. Uh, but it's like the third most popular video game of the entire year and is the second most popular Pokemon game of all time. Interesting. And this isn't any sort of reboot or anything like that, because if I recall correctly, or am I thinking of Zelda? This is the first full RPG title on console. Okay. Not handheld. I gotcha. what came out last year, Let's Go, was Mm -hmm. a bridge between the two. It wasn't a full game, but Mm -hmm. it... It's got a similar like visual style to the one that we've been playing, but I love it. Like, because well, this Pokemon game, Sword and Shield, is set in the UK. Oh, even better! And the writing is so good; it's so good. They're using all this slang and stuff like so effectively, and like colloquial terms. Oh, it's just brilliant, man! I'm good. It's I'm glad so enjoying good. it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, what else have you been enjoying these days? You have something in the show notes. You, it sounds like you would like to share. There is an app that I want to recommend to the audience. It's called Tripsy. Okay. This is only really an app for people that travel somewhat frequently. It is just a trip planning application that is all like local to you. It's not like TripIt, right? Where like you got to sign up for this whole thing and you send all your emails to them. No, this is like a very simple application, but it's very iOS focused. It's one of the first applications that I'd seen that had sign in with Apple as an option. Oh yeah, I've never seen that yet. Yeah, because they have a they have a pro system which can sync uh, between multiple devices, and you get some additional features, uh, including and uh, and also you can uh, share trips that you set up with Ooh. other people. 
And the other people don't have to be pro members, but they benefit from all of the features, but just for that one trip. Mm, that's very which clever. Which is really nice. And it, you basically, you create itineraries in it. You can save documents to it. So I save like PDFs of all of my bookings to it. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's it's just very pretty. It's very iOS-y. It's very iOS 13-y in design and stuff, but it it's very modern like that. Uh, and I, I really like this application a lot. Like it, it knows locations and stuff like that. So you can like type in locations and it will pre-fill them. Uh, it knows restaurants and you can type all that stuff in and then you can like, you can save things to the itinerary. Like these are things we're definitely going to do, or you can save them to the individual sections like museums, location, uh, shopping, food, that kind of stuff. And then you can go in and. Uh, like you don't have to save them in the itinerary, but they're like options that you can look at later. So if you're like, oh, I want to go eat something, what restaurants did we suggest that we might be interested in? And you have a list and then you can like add it to your itinerary and, and do it and stuff. And I really like it. I've used it for three or four trips now over the last couple of months. And um, Adina uses it too. So we use it together. Uh, and we've both we've both really gotten a kick out of it. It was like, this is the place where all of our information goes, right? Like it all goes here. And we just like, oh, did you put it in Tripsy? Check it. You know, like it's that kind of thing. Like we know where it is. I love it. It's just a really great way to organize um, a trip. That's awesome. Now, do you, well, for ingestion, you can't like forward things like you can with TripIt because TripIt, I have no particular love for, but one of the best things about it is the ingestion is very, very mm-hmm. simple because you just forward, as you had mentioned earlier, you forward um, your confirmation emails to a particular email address and based on who sent it to that email address, they'll know, oh, this is Casey, we'll put this in his account It's and we'll parse out, you know, the relevant details and so on. How do you get things into Tripsy? I do it manually. I don't think that there's a way to do it automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never, I always wanted just PDF. What I was doing before was like creating PDFs and saving them to an Apple note. Well, now I create a PDF and send it to Tripsy. I see. And you can choose okay. which trip you want to store it in. And then you can add all the flight information and stuff and you get uh, notifications of flights and all that kind of stuff. That all still happens. But as far as I'm aware, there isn't a way to like, email stuff to a place and it will get entered i didn't like that with uh trip it like i know why people like that stuff and i tried using it for a while and it it just didn't work it just doesn't work for me it doesn't work the way that i want to work i like to have a control over it do it manually Mm -hmm. uh one of the funny things about this is just looking at the screenshots this looks to me in the best possible way that it's a indie app done by someone with good design sense and so on and so forth and you look at TripIt, and it is so clearly like the corporate, stodgy, yes. boring, like, uh, kind. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say actively ugly, but definitely not good looking. <laughs> you know, it's like everything about these are, are the polar opposites. One is the big corporate, you know, necktie version, and one is like the cool hipster, uh, cool kid version. And this definitely is the cool kid version. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's, what I, that's one of the things that I like about it, right? Like, it just fits my sensibility is more than... Uh, the, all of the Trippet stuff does. Mm-hmm. Um, something I was thinking about before we recorded, and I'm springing this on Mike, he has no idea what I'm about to say. Uh, something I was thinking Good. about before we recorded is I feel like it would be nice to kind of try to do something a little new on the show or different and not in a big dramatic way, but something small and different and new. And, you know, one of the things I admire about Upgrade is how you guys over the years have just added different sections and corners, if you will. And uh, and I really dig that. And I was thinking about it earlier and hearing your discussion of this actually cements it. Wouldn't it be nice if you and I try to bring some sort of recommendation to the show each week or each fortnight, mm. actually? And that can be movies, it can be books, it can be apps, it can be whatever. But I feel like, and this is not a, you know, particularly new and and unique idea, but I feel like this is a perfect show for it. And so your recommendation for this fortnight appears to be Tripsy. Uh, I was thinking, well, what would I recommend? And uh, last weekend, I had a somewhat unusual uh, night out on the town with a couple of uh, friends of mine, and we went and saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari. And I would like to recommend that. Do you know that has a totally different name here? It does. It's like Le Mans 19 something something. 60 blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. 
Because why do you care? You guys care about Ford versus Ferrari, I guess. And or, or perhaps you just have much more awareness of Lamar because your average American is aware that it's a thing, but yeah. otherwise it's like, okay, whatever. I wonder what the, the movie is actually called. I think it's it's called Le Mans 19th, whatever, whatever. Every Literally everywhere on the planet everywhere except else America. Except, okay, mm-hmm. so there you go then. Uh, but anyway, but I went and saw it. Uh, the it's a very Casey movie. It's a very very Casey movie. The general premise. I mean, this is all hist- It's a you know historical drama. Um, I'll try not to spoil. But again, this happened thirty years ago. Um, basically, uh, Ford and Ferrari got in a little bit of a tiff about you know who was better, and Ford decided to come out of nowhere and try to win the twenty four hours of Le Mans, which is this you know very famous race in France. And um, and they they decided to do this after Ferrari had dominated for literally like half a decade in a row. And so, uh, uh, not Ben Affleck, the other one, (laughs) Matt Damon plays uh, Carol Shelby, who is a real life person you might know because of the Shelby Mustang Cobra or the Shelby Cobra, which is a different car entirely. And then Christian Bale plays uh, Ken, oh shoot, I forget the character, well, the gentleman's last name, Ken Ken Miles. Miles. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Ken Miles was a racing driver, an amateur racing driver that to some degree became a professional racing driver. Um, I was aware of the broad strokes of the plot before going into it. I didn't know a lot of the specifics. Matt Damon is a very good actor. Christian Bale. Uh, uh, Christian did you Bale know? is one of the very best did actors you know? alive. <laughs> he is no. one of the best actors alive. Yeah. And this this was not a remarkable role for him, I don't think. you know, I don't, I don't think that anything was terribly challenging for him. But yet the way in which he just goes all in on these characters and how his mannerisms are so different than any any other character I've seen him play, it's just... It's so good. And watching Damon and, and Christian Bale go back and forth with, with each other is incredible. Even if you're not a car person, even if you're not a racing person, I definitely recommend the movie. Uh, I knew how it was going to end, and I was still freaking out during some of the more critical scenes because it's just you get that invested in it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you necessarily need to plunk down, you know, 450 pounds slash dollars for a theater ticket, but or cinema in Mike's world. Uh, this will be a, this is like a 100% get it on iTunes movie for me. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. It is very good. And I've looked it up, by the way. It seems like it's called Le Mans 66 in Europe. Mm-hmm. And everywhere outside of Europe, it's called Ford versus Ferrari, like oh, Australia, Canada, America. Huh. And and I wonder if it's like, oh, those non-Europeans can't say Le Mans. <laughs> Can I go to Le Mans? <laughs> Can I go to Le Mans, please? Uh, yeah. You're probably right. Anyway, but it, it's good. I, I think, Mike, you would enjoy it as well. Um, it, it's just a really fun and good movie. Uh, the, the ending is not 100% happy, so be forewarned about that. But by and large, it is a fun, good movie, and I recommend it. You know what else I recommend these days, Mike? What? Smile. I'm going to talk to you about Text Expander from our friends over at Smile. You can unlock your productivity with Text Expander, making everything that you write repetitively available everywhere that you type. And for Mac users upgrading to Catalina, Text Expander's ready. It's waiting for you. It's working right now. Text Expander works everywhere you type in Word, in Google Docs, email, web forms, anywhere. You can send more emails and personalize every single one of them with Text Expander's fill-ins and pop-up features. So you can send out everything you need to send, but you can customize it with certain little drop-downs and you can like type little bits of information in where you need. So it keeps things personal whilst also giving you your time back. And Text Expander for Teams helps your employees get up to speed faster because all of the things that they're going to need to type right away are already in snippets. So if you just hire somebody into the team, take it over a communications role, maybe in customer support. You can already have all of your snippets saved up. So when they're replying to customers, they can just type in some a couple of characters and have an entire response pre-filled for them. It is incredibly useful for that. This is like exactly the type of stuff that I use Text Expander for in my small team. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And analog listeners get 20% off their first year of Text Expander. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast where you can learn more about Text Expander and sign up. That is textexpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try it out, now is the best time. Get 20% off at textexpander.com slash podcast i thanks to text expander for their support of this show and relay fm so i wanted to talk briefly about something that occurred to me based on something that i did uh, a week or two ago and this is probably going to sound like self-congratulation corner and i don't mean it to but i just wanted to talk to you about it because i think it's something that you perhaps might um i don't know struggle with is the right way of phrasing it but but have some thoughts on it one way or the other and the ostensible topic here is making an effort and what I want to talk about was uh, we 
or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, I drove an hour to have lunch with a friend, which seems on paper to be a total waste of time because I drove an hour, spent an hour or two with a mutual friend of ours, uh, David underscore Smith, and then I drove an hour home. And it seems like, generally speaking, most people, myself included, do not like to travel equally as long as they spend in the place they're trying to go to because I basically drove an hour north uh, and then spent about two hours with him and then drove an hour south. Now, And Dave did the same thing. He drove about an hour south, spent two hours with me, drove an hour north. And on paper, this was such a dumb waste of time. And the lunch that we had was at Panera Bread. It was an unremarkable <laughs> food. Like, it's not like we were going to some fancy restaurant and, you know, in having this, you know, world-class meal. We went to Panera Bread. But I'm extremely glad I did it. And we're going to try to keep doing it, you know, maybe once a month if we can. And the reason being is because I don't know that I do the best job, generally speaking, of making an effort to maintain friendships. You know, I'm I'm always available to friends if they want to send me a text or give me a call or what have you, but I'm not the best at being the one to reach out. And it's just because, as with everyone else, I just get busy and I and I don't think about it as often as I should. And I reached out to Dave because I feel like, you know, Dave and I live about two hours apart from each other, two and a half maybe. And it seems like that's close enough that we should be able to make this work more than like the three times a year that we see each other. And in fact, I think in 2019, up until that lunch, I think I'd only ever seen him in California, which is a little messed up given that we live only a couple hours apart. And so I don't know if I have any real thesis here other than I'm going to get it and maybe you, the listener, or you, Mike, should think about doing that with some of your friends that maybe are not as close as you would hope or or mm. something like that. But And I think that, Mike, you probably do this a lot more than me because I know you live in the greater London area, but you always tell me in, in a good way about how, oh, you went into you know London proper in order to meet with Gray or with so-and-so or Jeremy Burge or something like that. And and I admire that about you. And you, I was thinking of you when I was, you know, discussing this with Dave, because to me, it seems like, oh, you're just, you know, going to a different section of London. But depending on what section that is, and you know, jump in when you're ready. Oh, it always takes me about an hour because exactly. I don't drive. Exactly. I was going to say to you, I, I was expect it's at least half an hour, if not more than that. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you have thoughts or tips for me about how I could do this. I have no tips because okay. I'm terrible at it. Like, <laughs> well. I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I feel like I'm also not that great on keeping the relationships I want to want to keep. And also, like, one of the biggest problems these days is, like, not these days. I just think it's one of the biggest problems of being an adult is that things get in the way a lot. Yeah, very much and so. And plans change a lot, and you're more likely to be inclined to want to change them. Mm -hmm. Like, a little thing comes up, and it's just like, oh, this is just, this is frustrating to me now, like, you know, and I, I'm too busy, and it would probably be easier if I just didn't do this thing, even though I want to, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I've got too much work on right now, and I want to see my friends, but... If I didn't, then I would have the time to get the work done that I need to get done, and then that would be so much easier on my life. Like That's like a thing that comes around in my head way too often, and then I get frustrated when I feel like I'm not as close to my friends. Like It's just like this constant cycle of wanting to do a thing, not doing it, feeling bad about it, which makes me <laughs> want to do the thing again, and then I go back to square one. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think for you, it's probably both easier and harder because I suspect that you have more people that are either in or traveling through London than I do, you know, in or around Richmond. So as an example, you know, uh, take, you know, our mutual friend Jelly who lives in, in Australia. It's not like I can just pop down to Australia for lunch or something like that, nor can he pop over to, to you know, the States for lunch or something. But in, in certain circumstances, there are people that are close or close-ish that I can make an effort with and and I feel like I should and and it's tough too because you know let's take another let, let's take a, the net and expand it even further you know I could pop up to New York reasonably easily be a train that's actually one of the few places where you can take a train in the states or I could do it via plane and in theory I should probably do that at some point and maybe go up for like a couple of days or even just like a long day where I fly up in the morning and fly back in the evening or something and see Marco and see many of our mutual friends that are in the New York area but 
you know, that becomes a lot more involved for many, many different reasons. But I just feel like I almost didn't ask Dave about it because I didn't know if he would be willing and I didn't want to like guilt him into it. And there were one or two times where something minor came up and I was like, ah, maybe I should just reschedule with Dave, just like you were saying, Mike. Uh, But I didn't. And I'm glad because even though I talk to a lot of my friends via iMessage, including Dave, and I talk to a lot of them via Twitter or, you know, the Relay Slack or whatever, including Dave, just having somebody in front of you, which is a very old man thing to say, but having somebody right there in front of you and being able to just have a conversation, like a meandering conversation where there was really no purpose. Like we had no ostensible thing to talk about. We just wanted to get together and see each other. And I'm just really, really glad that I did it. And I encourage you, Mike, and you, the listeners, to, to make that effort and make that time if you can, because I, I feel much better for having done it, even though on paper it was dumb and I should have just given him a phone call or something like that. Yeah. Life, man. <laughs> it gets in the way and it's, it's super hard when you have kids and I, and I include relay as a kid in this particular context because there's always something the kid will need. There's always something Relay will need. There's always something that Declan or Michaela will need. And, you know, there's always something that Dave's two kids will need. Um, it, it, there's always something. And you had said this earlier, Mike. There's always something that comes up and that can easily get in the way. And if you let it get in the way, that's it, it's even easier. Um, so I just, it's so tough, but so worth it. And especially at this time of year, it's even worse because um, for Americans in particular, uh, you know, we get extremely busy with traveling for family for Thanksgiving, and then everyone gets involved with Christmas and Hanukkah, et cetera, sort of holidays. So this is the worst time of year to try to start a new tradition with Dave, but nevertheless, uh, we're going to attempt to do it again, you know, early in December before things get really crazy. And, and I'm, I'm glad we did. And, and I think that Mike, as you have time to breathe, if and when you have time to breathe, maybe you should give Gray a call. Well, maybe not call Gray. That would be terrible. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> maybe you should send Gray a message, dispatch a carrier pigeon, whatever mechanism you need to get his attention these days. I think I'm typically the problem. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I've been recently anyway, I think. Well, yeah. and to be fair, you've had a very intense couple of months, uh, several months mm-hmm. even. So mm-hmm. I don't think you should fault yourself for it, but... I almost wonder, you know, if, if it would, if it would do you some good to do this sort of thing with somebody who happens to be nearby, just to get your mind off of all the administrivia that you have going on these days. And, and of course, uh, saying that I'm thinking to myself, no, this is the last time he wants to do that sort of thing. Cause he's so darn busy, but you know, again, maybe that's the best time. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let me ask you something else. That's not in the show notes. Uh, this is really your favorite thing in the world. I know. Uh, I think, I heard you talk about this either with me or someone. I don't remember where it was. I, I, I've had a mash of podcasts running through my veins lately. Um, what are you doing for Thanksgiving this year? You are not going to an American Thanksgiving like you did, did in years past. Is that correct? No, we are. Oh, you are going to one. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we booked one up. I thought last I'd spoken to you or last I'd heard from you, you we hadn't. We hadn't booked it okay. yet. Okay, but that good. wasn't, okay. you know, we wanted to. Uh, and we have. So I'm very excited about it. So we're going to be going to a Thanksgiving dinner with next Thursday. Yes, I believe that's right. Uh, my days are a lot of whack. Yes, next Thursday, the 28th, is, which is uh, a week and a couple of days from when we record. And then trying to buy a television on Black Friday, I think, is the plan, too. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I feel like that time is coming for me, and I feel wholly unequipped to make that decision. And since we're potentially going to be buying computer or computers, I'm probably just going to continue to wait. But uh, yeah, I, a part of me feel, really feels like now would be a good time to buy. Uh, now that the 3D stuff has gone away, it seems like... It's from what little I know, it seems like the, the, the technology is largely settled down for 4k and HDR and all that stuff. So Mm. I feel like it might be the right time. So what you need to do, Mike, is you need to tell me what TV to buy and then I'll look at the price Mm. tag and refuse to buy it. Well, I, I've asked for this in a couple of places already, um, for recommendations. It seems like a lot of people are recommending the LG Mm -hmm. line, the 2019 Mm -hmm. products like the C9 but I'm still working out what I want to do. I, I don't know. Uh, you got to let me know if you come to a conclusion, because uh, I might I might follow in your footsteps on that one. Mm. I just want one that has like, you know, all the regular stuff. You know, you want to have the 4K and all that kind of nonsense. Yep, yep, yep. But then I also want um, one that has some kind of like it, like HomeKit or AirPlay or both. Sure. In it too. Just I don't even know why. 
Yeah, I agree. Just I because agree. I feel like I should have that stuff. I agree in every measurable way. I feel like it is the time to make sure that you have that stuff so you future-proof yourself, you know, for when it becomes critical in your life and you just don't expect it to. Yep, and it just feels like that's technology that would fit into everything else that I already have. Yep, I completely agree with you. Because then in theory, like if it has AirPlay, then I might be able to get it to work more consistently with the HomePod? I don't know, that doesn't work. <laughs> I can't even remember. AirPlay is the worst technology in the world and I hate it because it never makes sense what way the sound's supposed to go. Yeah. I hate it. That's all, that's all I have to say on AirPlay today. Yeah, I feel like uh, me not getting HomePods of any, like I have zero HomePods in the house. Oh, the HomePod, the stereo pair of HomePods with the Apple TV is awesome. That's how we watch stuff and I love it. But the problem is I watch things not only on the Apple TV and that wouldn't work, right? Correct. Yeah, see, I don't want to get used to it only to have it go away when I watch regular TV. And then even some apps, so like the YouTube app doesn't work like that? Uh, of course it doesn't. Yeah. I... All right. So, Mike, if you were hypothetically running a website that was doing Black Friday deals, what would you do to make sure that everything was going according to plan? I would use Pingdom because this holiday shopping season, wherever it is Black Friday or Boxing Day or whatever you're going to have, all the big deals days, you want to make sure that you have got things in good working order. When I'm shopping online, when you're shopping online, there's nothing worse than a website going down, shopping cart failure, a check in, a checkout or a login breaking, or for everything to be unavailable. Pingdom's going to let you know the moment your website goes down. Whatever way is best for you, they're going to tell you. You can use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers at scale and therefore your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the survival of an outage just go to pingdom.com slash relayfm right now and you can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required then when you sign up use the code analog at checkout to get an awesome 30 percent of your first invoice our thanks to pingdom for their support of this show and relay fm all right i feel like we should clear the decks or at least attempt to with some oh there's no decks to clear we have lots of questions in, <laughs> in the notes that you're not seeing all right fair enough which is good yeah that is very good i'm excited so uh, let's do some relay or feels. Yeah, these have all come via Brad the Champion. We have, mm -hmm. I think we have three champions now. Uh, we have Brad, Chaz, and Mark. Okay. Um, if you want to be considered an analog relay or feels champion, send us an email with a bunch of questions. <laughs> That's you all can it find takes. <laughs> the email address, email link on the website relay.fm slash analog, and you can do that. But if you are if you're a person who sends in lots of really useful questions that are good and insightful and we can talk about on the show, you've achieved champion status. You know what we should do, except we won't because it's way too much work, is we should Don't make like we should make Don't like, like a challenge coin or something yeah, you for see, the champions. I knew you were gonna say it. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll tell you what, I'm delegating that job to you. Well, okay, I'll put it on the back burner. <laughs> there you go. Good work. Good work. And we move on. <laughs> Moving right along. No, we should do that for, uh, we should do it, we should do like a really fancy heavy one for champions and like a chintzy, not as, not as awesome one for members. Because when I Again. think of what I want as a perk as a member, I want something that the host yeah. describes as chintzy and not as awesome. Yeah, you just keep, you keep coming up with these ideas <laughs> and let me know when you've progressed literally any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me work. I'll workshop this for a little bit. Get back to you. Yeah, uh, then we can then we can work on putting them into action. <laughs> hey, man, you've got like notebooks and merch and shirts. You're you're the merch yeah. expert. Yeah, I'm working on all of those projects, and it's very time consuming. And I'm selling them. <laughs> RelayYourMerch.com. That's what we'll do. All right. Uh, questions from Brad the Champion. Let's start with the first one. Mike, what is your favorite clothing brand? So, for years. I was buying clothes from Levi's a lot. Like other than jeans? Yeah, I typically, and this has been pretty normal for my life, at least my uh, late teenage to adult life, I like find a brand for a period of time. And go all in? I go all in. And it's because there's just something about a collection or a season that speaks to me, right? It's like all items of clothing. Mm -hmm. So it's previously been Levi's and it was for a while. Then I started buying uh, some Ted Baker items last year as a way to kind of like have some nicer clothes. And that was a brand that I liked. Um, and then then I found Paul Smith, which is another Ted, Ted Baker, Paul Smith, very similar in some ways, right? They are British brands 
created by an, an individual of which the brand shares the name. So they're easy to get uh, confused, especially because there is another one called uh, Teddy Smith, which is I was, hilarious. <laughs> I was going to ask if it's Ted Smith, and I was just making a joke, and then here it is. You know. uh, is uh, it Ted Smith or Teddy Smith? There is, there is one that's like it kind of uh, uh, mixes between the two of them, or is it like I don't know? There's a, but there's another. Um, what is it? Is it the the monkey face clothing? What is the name of that brand? Uh, Paul Frank. That's it. But anyway, th- for some reason, when I was younger, all those brands used to just be completely mixed up in my brain. But I have fallen head over heels in love with Paul Smith clothing. Um, they are the brand for me right now. They have like a couple of different types of clothing that they do. They have their high end expensive stuff, and then they have their like more uh, affordable high street stuff, which is a brand sub brand called PS by Paul Smith. Mm-hmm. And now I am buying a lot of clothes from them. So like the stuff that you've seen me in recently in live shows, mm-hmm. like when I buy like my wonderful blue suit, right? That I yep, had. Yep, yep. And for uh the Relay FM uh live family feud and my beautiful jacket that I had for the podcast I thought they're Paul Smith items. Um, and then I've been buying stuff of theirs, which is more casual as well. And I've also uh, signed up for these. This company is a podcast sponsor, but they are not a sponsor of our shows. So I don't want to make this sound like it is an ad, <laughs> but Stitch Fix. Are you familiar with yeah, this? I've heard of this. Yes. So I've signed up for Stitch Fix because it's like one of these services that you give it a bunch of information, them a bunch of information about you. And then they'll like put together an order, right? Yeah, yeah. Boy. Uh, so I did, I've done that and I've had a couple of boxes. The first one, I didn't like anything really. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, well, it's like, mm, let me, let me rephrase that. I liked some of the stuff, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Like, I want something like this service to find outlandish things for me <laughs> that I wouldn't buy on my own. Sure. Right, like I want, I want these these companies that claim to have stylists, uh, stylists, to be like, oh, this is a crazy jumper that you may not have found from this little brand, and you know we're going to give you. But you can give them feedback. So I said to them after the first box, be more daring. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the second box, I bought two items. Oh, nice. Okay. So my uh, my current avatar that I'm using everywhere, I'm wearing like a really bright yellow jumper. Mm-hmm. that came from stitch fix gotcha right so these these are two things and one and the main reason that i'm thinking more about clothing and i used to really care about fashion that was like a big thing for me when i was in my 20s but then i started putting on weight and didn't care anymore because <laughs> i there was i didn't feel good in anything sure but now i'm i feel much happier about myself uh i'm getting i'm allowing myself to get back into dressing nicely again so oh, good for you that's where I am. That's awesome. What is your favorite clothing brand? Uh, whatever's on my body. No, uh, um, I actually, I, I don't typically care much about fashion, which is probably obvious looking at the way I dress. But when I occasionally do find an outfit that is put together well, um, I do really enjoy it and want to wear it every day for the rest of my life. And so uh, I don't have any particular brands of, for which that's applicable. Like I can't say that I bought a, a Levi's jean suit you know or anything like that but uh but no the one thing i will say is that given my uh mostly at home lifestyle these days i got a pair of prior sponsor of certainly atp i don't know if they ever sponsored um analog but i bought a pair of mac weld or was comped i should say a pair of mac weld and sweatpants the ace pants the i don't remember what they are they are definitely those i'm wearing them right now as as am i um they are Nice. Unspeakably, they are unspeakably comfortable and nice. And yeah. given that they are literally like 60 or 70 or 80 bucks or something like that, like they are very expensive, but unquestionably the most comfortable thing and most comfortable pair of, I'm sorry, trousers, Mike, that I've ever put on my body. Mm-hmm. Um, they are so comfortable and so nice. And I am not a fan of sweatpants or sweatpant like things that have the elastic at the uh, ankle. Not my thing. These do have an elastic at the ankle. Don't care. Still the most comfortable thing in the world. 
So, uh, Mac Weldon, very good. And there's, uh, I feel like I've gotten some of their others. Oh, they're, they're, uh, pants to Mike or underwear for me. Uh, those are also very comfortable and very nice. Uh, I don't typically buy much stuff at Mac Weldon. It is not cheap, but, uh, it is very, very good. And I do recommend it if you want something to treat yourself. The other thing that I'm wearing right now is a subtle sweater. Uh, of course you are. Which is a product that I'm so happy that I made because it's friggin' awesome, but <laughs> you can't buy it now because it was limited again. Yeah, It'll come back next year. But uh, if you did want to buy some Cortex-related merch, where would you do that, Mike? Cortexmerch.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike, on a not-so-happy note, what home task do you hate to do? Cleaning the bathroom. Mm, yeah, not my thing. It's the worst task. I don't mind cleaning like the the sink and the I don't even mind cleaning the toilet that much. You know, I don't like cleaning anything in the bathroom. Well, here's the thing: the shower. We have a very mm-hmm. not fancy tiled shower in our bathroom. Extremely not fancy. You know, when you say tiled shower these days, it's like some sort of you know ninety thousand dollar monstrosity. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Pinteresty sort of thing. It's not that. It's like builder basic normal shower. But the tiles are only like a couple inches across, which means there's many of them and there's grout everywhere. And I would rather do almost anything in the world than clean our shower. It is my one of my least favorite things to do ever. Yeah. Anything 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 bathroom cleaning related, I would trade any task needed or any amount of money to not do it. I will start baking challenge coins. I will forge the challenge coins myself oh, if I can well, avoid out of tile. <laughs> out of tile, that's right. <laughs> if I can avoid cleaning the shower. Oh man, that's funny. What book is in your queue that you really want to read but you haven't got to yet? Uh, let me start by saying this is an excellent question to which I have no particularly great answers. Um, I I don't know if there's if there's any that have been lingering in my queue that I that I've been putting off or anything like that that I really want to read. Um, the one that you're going to cite, which I will not ruin, I also would like to read. Um, but I have started as per, as per the instruction of due by Friday. I've started watching the leftovers. And mm-hmm. apparently that is based on a novel. And so I will probably, I think next on my list is to find that novel at the library and give that a shot. Um, but no, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything in particular that I'm dying to read other than perhaps a lot of the classics that for whatever reason I didn't read in high school. So um, like Fahrenheit 451, um, uh, what's some of the other ones that are like that, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, some of those like really, really, uh, what was it like 1988 or whatever it is, you know what I'm thinking of where it's like the dystopian future. Maybe that is Fahrenheit 451. I'm getting myself confused. It doesn't matter one way or another. There's some classics that I'd like to read, but there's no one particular thing that I'm like, oh man, I've really got to read that next. But your answer I think is excellent. And it is actually on my list too. So what would you, what would you say? I want to read and I've wanted to read uh, for, oh my God, I bought it a year ago. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green, who is a YouTuber. And this is a book that I th- that my understanding of it is uh, written about thinking about like social media as a thing. Mm. Um, it's really interesting uh, and I want to see it. I want to read it. I have it on audiobook and I just have not yet. I'd also need to get that from the library and give that a shot. Mike, if you could make yourself great at any sport or game, which one would you choose? The gym. (laughs) I'll allow it. That's funny. What makes you say that? Because I would like to go to the gym and be good at it. That's fair. It's about as simple as that, really. Like, I don't really have much more to say. I'm just not good at anything physical, and I would like to be able to be good at something physical. I agree with that assessment. I am also not very good at physical anything, uh, and I wouldn't mind being being good at the gym. I agree with you there. I think if I had to pick one thing, um, well, I don't know. I'm actually going to have to cop out and pick two. I'd like to be a better runner. I've actually had a little bit of issue um, with mm. one of with, with one of my Achilles uh, uh, tendons, heels, etc. Um, and so uh, I haven't been running near as much as I used to. I'm still exercising, but I'm not running as much. And I kind of wish that I could just like casually run six miles, like it's nothing. Because even in my heyday of running, I could casually run three miles, like it was no big deal. But I I, I would be pretty well wiped out at the end of it. And so I think being really good at running would be cool. And then there was a brief, I think we've spoken about it on the show. There was like a 10 minute window of time when I was a kid that I was pretty decent at basketball. 
Um, and I would love to be good at basketball, not like, you know, NBA good, but just be able to like go somewhere and play with friends. None of, none of my friends actually play basketball, but in this fantasy world, you know, go somewhere and play like a pickup game or something like that and, and be able to hold my own reasonably well at it. I think that would be cool. Uh, we still have a few more questions that we want to get to. Let me thank our final sponsor before we do that. Yes, please. Let's talk about Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, getting everything up and running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serves their customers with the help of 10 data centers spread across the globe. They're everywhere, and they're always adding more. Recently, Mumbai, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I think they should be up and running now, if not very, very soon by the end of the year. Uh, Linode feature native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than ever before. They have the power that you need to make your server run Splendidly. You don't have to stress about overspending either because Linode designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing. They have the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and node balances so you're not going to get any surprising charges. But they have wonderful pricing options in general to support to suit everybody's needs. For just $5 a month, you can get a virtual server with a gigabyte of RAM. They also offer high memory plans as well. They start with 16 gigabytes of RAM. You can really get exactly what you need of Linode. And because you listen to this show, if you go to linode.com slash analog and use the promo code analog2019, you will get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months. RAM plan. One gigabyte of RAM plan. RAM plan. I like the way that sounds. I've never noticed that before. I like it. They also have a seven-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose, RAM plan. Uh, give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash analog and the promo code analog2019 to learn more. Sign up. Make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Leno for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. I think the coffee's kicked in. <laughs> I'd say so. Rant plan. Fuck back. Uh, more questions from Brad the Champion. I have started following the Premier League. Uh, what I like here is Brad wrote Premier, Premier League, and I've noticed that a lot of Americans call it the Premier League, but it's Premier League. Premier and Premier, different things. Oh, you're saying two, I know there are two different words. One I'm is saying I E R and one is E what is I E R E. Um, yeah. but okay. So, so the one that does not have the E at the end, say that one and then say the one that does have the E at the end. Premier. Uh-huh. Premier. Oh, so you're going all French on me on that well, one. Well, because that is French. Eh, fair, fair, fair. I'm not arguing. Just uh, I hear it now, now that you say it side by side. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. Premier League. Uh, so I followed the Premier League and I chose a London team because I love London. Uh, Brad didn't actually say what team. So I'm expecting it was probably like Chelsea or something. If you choose a team in London, you probably choose them. But anyway, Mike, which Premier League football team do you or would you support? I think I remember you saying that you don't like football. Uh, or do you have a family who are big football fans? I do not have any interests. Never have. Uh, my family team is West Ham United. That's just the team that's always been my, you know, like my brother, my dad, my granddad, my uncle, both sides of the family support West Ham, right? Like it's not even, it's not even like a family rivalry, but my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family were all West Ham fans. They were pretty, <laughs> they're pretty local to where I grew up. You like had a choice of two teams that you would choose and seems like everybody in my family chose West Ham. I have zero interest. Oh, that's too bad. It's not too bad. I don't know. I I probably have told this story as well, but very briefly, when I was in high school, it was the 96 World Cup, something like that. I might have that slightly wrong, but uh, I was at Disney World, coincidentally, uh, for a, a competition for some nerd thing that I was a part of. And uh, we had some time, and so we went to, uh, I think it was the Disney Boardwalk. I don't know if it's even still there anymore, but there was an ESPN Zone, which was an ESPN-themed restaurant. Uh, on the on the boardwalk or whatever it was called at Disney World, and we walked in, and it was I think Brazil Holland, and we just by sheer circumstance happened to sit between a bunch of Brazilians and a, br- a bunch of Dutch, and being in the middle of that m- monstrosity and extravaganza was amazing. And mm-hmm. so I don't typically pay attention to soccer slash football, um, but when I do uh, occasionally put it on, I do quite like it. In the World Cup, I've gotten slightly more into with each passing instance of it yeah i um if there's ever football that i would watch it is like national games Mm -hmm. right Uh, because i find them to be more exciting 
there's more on the line. People care more, you know? I think that ma- that makes sense. Have you ever been to like Wembley or anything? Because Wembley's the local football stadium, right? <laughs> Uh-oh, no. I, all right, my, I can oh, tell my foot's Casey. in my mouth. I can tell my oh, foot's okay. deep in Do my mouth. Do you think every football team plays at Wembley? Well, no, but I'm, that's why I'm asking, have you been to like the big leagues, if you will? Right, but Wembley, there is no football team that plays at Wembley. Like, Wembley is used for the national games or, like, the cup finals and stuff. Uh, but every team has its own stadium. Understood. Okay, my, my foot and ankle taste excellent. Thank you for asking. No um, problem. And I've been to Wembley <laughs> for other things, not football. Okay, fair enough. Concerts, because Wembley is sure. used for a lot of concerts, right? But West Ham, West Ham now occupy the Olympic Stadium from the 2012 Olympics. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And that was new for the 2012 Olympics? Yes, it was built for the Olympics. Oh, that must be super nice then. Yeah. yeah. The, the, my understanding is the, there are things about it that the fans don't like, because like, they feel further away from the pitch because it has an athletic track that runs around the outside. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. But I think people are just moaning. They just love to moan, <laughs> love to complain. Fair enough. <laughs> Casey, how badly would you like to take Mike to tailgate at an American football game? Oh my God, there are no words to describe it. I feel like it would be, I think you going to, I mean, I've never been to an NFL game, but you going to a college football game, I, because you never did that with Jason, did you? Never been to a football game. I've been to baseball games, never football. Okay, that's what I thought. Because it's always the wrong kind of time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, yeah, I think you going to really any college football game would in with the Associated Tailgate would be incredible. Um, there's something about tailgating in college football, particularly in the fall. It's actually a little bit cold for here in Virginia now, but like mid to late October and sometimes like the first week of November, it's that perfect, like you walk outside in the morning and it's that crispness to the air that, that just feels like football. In fact, I've joked for years that early on in our relationship, uh, Aaron and I, when we were dating, she stepped outside of the apartment in which I was living at the time. And it was relatively early in the morning and she just stepped outside and was kind of talking to herself and she just said, huh, it feels like football out here. And at that point, I pretty much knew I was going to marry her because <laughs> it's, it's exactly what it felt like. Uh, at tailgate is amazing, amazing fun. If you're not familiar, um, it often happens in parking lots, although sometimes there are like grassy areas adjacent to parking lots where you can tailgate. Um, this seems to confuse many non-Americans that you don't literally need to have a pickup truck in order to tailgate. Um, for us, when we go to UVA football games, we arrive in SUVs, we take all of our stuff and move it to a grassy area in front of uh, one of the local or one of the nearby academic buildings. And we'll grill burgers or hot dogs or some other kind of food. And we'll drink alcohol and have snacks. And uh, we've gotten over the years to the point that we bring a little portable generator and we'll turn on a little portable, well, not really a portable TV, but put it up, you know, hook it up to a small TV and watch other football games as we're waiting for our football game to start. And especially when it's nice weather out, it is just an incredibly enjoyable, fun way to spend a Saturday. And then the football game, uh, neither Aaron's alma mater nor mine are particularly great this year. Aaron's is much better than mine, generally speaking, but um, it's just fun to watch a football game. And yes, I will be the first to tell you football is a terrible sport that should probably go away forever. But if you're, if you're like me and can put that beside oh, yeah, you. yeah. Cause of the concussions, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it's a terrible yeah. sport. Was it CTE? I know about this cause of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably the same exact thing. And, uh, well, but rest, they changed the rules. Oh, is right. that right? Okay. Well, you, they're just, nobody gets hit in the head of a chair anymore. Oh, that seems smart. <laughs> and if people are, like concussed people, like you don't, that you can get you can if you are concussion prone mm-hmm. your career is over which is unfortunate but ultimately for the best i'd say yeah they do they seem to do a pretty good job at least like the main company right the wwe mm-hmm. that if somebody is in that kind of scenario they find other jobs for them inside of the company oh that's good like maybe they become backstage they become like a producer or a commentator or whatever there's like lots of instances of that mm-hmm. where people that have had to stop because of cte related stuff uh, they found other things for and they've also been kind of at the forefront of a lot of the research so like they've had people that were it's a guy called daniel bryan you mm-hmm. may be familiar with no he was very concussion prone and they told him that his career was over and he fought for years and like went to b- different doctors and stuff like that and be- like through working on his brain they've learned a lot and now he's actually back in it again because huh. they found out that he is safer than they thought he was. So, and then there's like this whole other thing, like you know, there are um, there's a there's a 
does a company, a charity, like a, a research institution where a lot of uh, footballers have donated their brains when they die. Mm-hmm. There are lots of wrestlers that have done that. Like they, they've donated their brains for uh, concussion research when they die. So that's they, cool. There's a lot of stuff. But yes, that's why uh, American football is bad because it's all about running into each other at super high speeds. I don't, I've never heard these problems with rugby and I don't know. That seems wrong to me. I agree with you. I agree with you. But that just I seems wrong. I don't think rugby is as violent. Really? Well, what I think part of the problem, I mean, I have no idea, but my assumption is part of the problem is the protective gear because it gives you more force. Sure. Yeah, I can get behind that. Right? Because there's no protective gear in rugby, and I've n- I don't now. Okay, Google CTE in rugby. <laughs> While you're looking at that, it just seems backwards to me because rugby players, like none of them, have a full set of teeth, and they seem like they're always breaking bones. But I do understand what you're saying, and you're pr- you very well could be right. Yeah, it does. It exists in boxing, American football, professional wrestling, ice hockey, rugby, and soccer. They're the sports that it's worse in. I can't imagine soccer's that bad because well, better. It's not a very violent sort sport anymore. Yeah, but you're heading the ball all the time. You're you're bashing that ball with your noggin. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. Well, you can choose not to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In any case, I would really love to take it to a tailgate. I don't know how or when that could ever happen because the likelihood of you being in or around Richmond, Virginia in the two or three month window of time where football happens on a week where football is local and we can go. Well, maybe when I do make the visit that I've promised I will make at some point in the not too distant future, we can put it around a time where there would be football. That would be amazing. And also on the list of things that I would like to do with you, uh, although these I have not done, uh, I would love to go to a NASCAR race because there is one in Richmond and I have heard that it is unlike Mm. anything in the world. And shoot, there was something else that I had thought of that I've since forgotten. So we'll just start with that. How long do NASCAR races last for? I don't know. I don't pay any attention to it, but I think two or three hours. Because okay. I think I would be kind of interested in that. I mean, I do. I've watched the Super Bowl a couple of times, right? And mm-hmm. enjoy that. But my understanding is the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Yes. It's different. It is. It is very different. Uh, well, the football itself isn't necessarily that different. In fact, many Super Bowls are extremely boring football games, but you have all the commercials and the halftime extravaganza and all that. Uh, whereas when you're in a football stadium watching it in person, uh, you know, there there are times where they have to pause for the TV show, for the TV channel to do a commercial. And basically you're just sitting there looking at the field, talking and to each other. From the pictures I've seen, ever seen you post, it seems like you have pretty good Seats. Yeah, um, not to be that guy, but we actually have extremely good seats, which is no no fault of mine at all. But uh, a friend of Aaron's that is now a friend of ours uh, that that we tailgate with, he has donated an extraordinary amount of money, I would assume. I don't even know how much, but I would guess. Uh, has donated an extraordinary amount of money to the football program, which is how you get yourself good seats. And we pay for our tickets, but we didn't have anything to do with the donation. And so uh, we we ride on his coattails in the best possible way. But yeah, we are we have very, very, very good seats at, at the UVA football stadium at Scott Stadium. And it is a really awesome way to spend a Saturday in the fall. And if the stars align and we can make it work, I would love to do it. See also, you know, uh, University of California, where Jason goes all the time, I'm sure that would be just as good, if not better in some ways. So uh, if you find yourself with an opportunity to, to do it, I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's if you can leave aside the fact that it's exploitative to the people, both in terms of their health and their money. Uh, it is a very very lovely and enjoyable way to spend a Saturday. I don't know. With that said, Mike, what part of America do you? And this is uh, also from uh, Brad, the champion. What part of America do you want to explore the most right now? Uh, explore is a difficult word, but like the one that I want to see the most right now is probably L.A. and the surrounding area of L.A. And that's because it's on my list i think it's our next trip and i'm very excited about it <laughs> yeah uh because there's there's a couple of things we'll talk about this later on but there's a couple of things in la and around that area that i'm doing on this trip that i've always that i've wanted to do for years mm-hmm. wink wink uh outside of that a big national park probably yosemite yeah i've never been to yosemite i've been to some of the bigger national parks and they are unbelievably brilliant i've never been to yosemite which i've understood to be a cut above almost everything else I actually have a very controversial opinion with regard to this, which is that I actually prefer L.A. to San Francisco, which I know is blasphemy to any regular human being. Uh, the problem with L.A., though, Why? is... I mean, like, San Francisco is not... An, is, like, a very difficult place. 
with lots of problems. It is, and it does have lots of problems. Most people I know, though, that have been to both much prefer San Francisco over Los Angeles. Well, I'll um, let you know. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to hear your take, because last I'd heard, you have quite an affinity for San Francisco, which is great. That's not a bad thing at all. But... Mm, no, got that one wrong. No? There's okay. a part of San Francisco that I enjoy, but overall, not so much. Okay, okay. Well, then I'm doubly interested then to right? see. Like, I never, I for years, I could stopped enjoying like downtown San Francisco. Okay. Okay. Don't, I don't enjoy it there. Oh, fair enough. I, I, I don't particularly either. Um, and so, uh, to be honest, being better than San Francisco with respect to the San Franciscans, uh, that's not a very high bar for me personally. Uh, I love L.A. I love L.A. despite the fact that on paper I shouldn't like it for about 18 different reasons. The only thing that I'm a little worried about for you is that without uh, – as far as I know, they do not have an extraordinarily robust public transport system. And granted, there's Uber and Lyft. I'm very used to getting lifts and stuff when I'm traveling. Yes, but you cannot travel anywhere with any sort of quickness in LA. And so I'm a little worried that that's going to be a real big turnoff for you because LA... We're not... The way that the trip is being structured, it's unlikely that we will be traveling around a lot. So we probably won't feel it. Good. Then I think you probably will like LA. I... I really like LA. Uh, my immediate younger brother, remember I'm the eldest of three, the middle brother lives in the LA area and the youngest brother is currently at school at UCSD, uh, which is a couple hours south of LA. So uh, as I've said many times on the show, uh, usually the day before WWDC, so the Saturday before WWDC, I or Aaron and I will fly to the middle brother and spend the night with him and see him and his kids. Uh, the last time I saw him, it was just one kid. Now it's two kids. Uh, but anyways, uh, we'll see them for a day and then and fly up to San Jose from there. And I really wish I could spend more time in LA. I don't know why I like it so much. It's a great food town. It's perfect weather always. There's just a lot to like about LA, um, even though there's also a lot not to like. So I'm super interested to hear uh, what you think after you're back from your trip. 